Rock Rising is an artist-focused, nonprofit organization. We rely on listeners like you to keep going. If you want to find out how you can support a show, an artist, or give to our 2021 organizational costs, please go to rockrising.org donate. Thanks for listening. Um, what do you want to get rid of this week? Or... Okay, what do I want to get rid of this week? I'm out for blood <gasps> this week. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's going to be what it is. You know, there's a lot of... Never mind, I'm not going to go down that route. You know, <laughs> or let me put it this way. Uh, I'm out for blood. Call me Army Hammer because I am out for blood. Um, I don't get it. That's okay. Uh, Ar- Army Hammer... Um, you should google it you donate blood? Um, okay i'll google it mm, I'll, I'll google quite the opposite what so, some may say blood? um but uh I'll, I'll send you the i'll send i'll send it to you uh okay. but so what i want to get rid of is i want to get rid of people who get some sort of like self-gratification or self-worth from not participating in social media. I'm sorry. I was re- <laughs> I was reading about Army Hammer, so I missed <laughs> it. I said, uh, again? <laughs> I said, I want to get rid of anyone who gets any sort of like uh, f- self-worth, any sort of like fulfillment from mm-hmm. not participating in social media. Oh, um, okay. Be- yeah, because guess what? Is it right for everyone? No. Uh, admittedly, like Facebook and Instagram are not, they don't, they're like, I, my personality doesn't work well with them. It has to do with, I, cu- I couldn't tell you why about Facebook. I can tell you that, like, I don't have there's a there's a a desire to be photographed and present photographs of oneself that is required of Instagram that mm-hmm. I can't maintain for long periods of time. So I don't really participate in Instagram. I don't feel better about myself for not participating in Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I that and I'm not a better person for not participating in Instagram. Um, there, there might be things about you know not ending up exposed to certain propaganda that ends up on Facebook that mm-hmm. might make me, I don't know, feel like a better person. But Facebook in and of itself, not the thing. Mm-hmm. So, like. I see, but people who are like, "Well, I'm better than you." No, oh, I oh, don't. you're on, you're on this platform. I, don't reference that platform to me. I, I'm, I'm not on that. I don't know these things that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know any of that. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you mean culture? Because mm-hmm. that's all it is. Mm-hmm. If you think that, if you think, if anyone who thinks social media culture isn't culture. Mm-hmm. then um you're an idiot mm. 
That's like saying I, you know, in the seventies, that's like going, I don't watch television. Mm-hmm. That's not culture. You're like, oh, okay, sure. Like, what the? F- mm-hmm. You're just one of those people in one of the millions of movies made about people who didn't think that talkies would replace silent films. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So it's like it's a particular attitude about it. Absolutely. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. about the attitude because, like, what? Oh, you don't participate in social media. Who cares? Right. Sure. sure Who sure. cares? Right. But if but you think like, it's somehow like, well, and it's interesting because social media, like, I feel like when it started, um, it's just like, I like there's just when it started, it was sort of like, um, didn't, you know, it felt disconnected from culture or it felt like a time waster or it felt like uh, a rabbit hole. Like, it, I don't know, like, but it's interesting because that has certainly shifted. And now, you know, those platforms are just like the way that people live and therefore it is culture. But like, it's interesting. Right. I feel like it's probably people who are a certain age or above who might feel that way. I assume, unless it's like a real um, particular like hipster teenager, which I like who I can't quite picture right now, but maybe they exist. Um, yeah. Because like we have, because that age, I feel like our age and up kind of like also experienced it in the earlier days where it was not like frowned upon, but just sort of like, sort of, you could, you could roll your eyes at social media because it was like, it was just like, well, what are you supposed to, you do, you'd get on, you like talk with people. I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah. And, and you know, it's like, but, oh, we've moved, we should, it's like, we should be, we should, anyone who was in that camp should then have realized Oh, that that period of time is over. Right. <laughs> the people that we thought were just dicking around on YouTube ended up on Broadway way faster than any of us. Yeah. They ended up playing sold out arenas way faster than any of us. And like take TikTok, like the amount of people that shit on TikTok is smaller and smaller by the day. But like um, which is actually hot take, not even that hot diluting a lot of the premium content on tiktok but like we've just had an experience where in the span of three days a song was played like on a piano said what do you guys think that song was then recorded produced released and then went to number one and became a viral phenomenon. Wow. I didn't know that happened. Right. But like the, like that shit has just, that has happened. And I, I bet, I bet there is a psychology, a psychology of it that like would never be admitted to, but that like, um, somebody who's, who's, who like feels that way and like projects that attitude about it though, like is actually, is like afraid of, mm. of it. You know what I mean? Or like afraid right. of being left behind or afraid that they are obsolete or afraid that they don't understand things, you know, or, or like, yeah, I don't know. It's right. interesting just to think about, like, I totally agree with you that that attitude is like, really like leaving but... before getting left. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, well, if I'm, I'm going to choose how I am out of the loop, you know what I mean? Rather than just right. feeling like, Oh shit, I'm out of the loop. Um, right. Yeah. Like I'll aggressively kind of 
pretend that it's my make it my choice. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just it's just interesting. And then and then also to because I've had a recent experience where it just shouldn't have happened, and it made me it it made me annoyed. Mm. It made me annoyed. Um, and yeah, like it, it, in 2021, no one should be asking questions like, how does this platform tailor content that I see? Mm-hmm. Do I just like it? And then it sends me more things that are similar. If you are under the age of 60, you should not be asking that question. <laughs> like, period. And then also, on top of that, like, get your shit together. Like, people who... If you just learned about Parlor on the 6th, then you should realize that you're in danger by not having any sort of, like, understanding of what's going on in the social media space. I'm currently Googling Parler, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there, the, yeah. Cool. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so, that is how I feel. That's, that is how you feel. Um, Yeah. Yeah, going for blood. Cool. Going for blood. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, I'm in a, from a very different position this week. If you want something a little different than that, <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do. Um. So I'm just. This is more of a question, I guess, or two questions that are connected. Question number one: mm-hmm. How do you? When do you decide enough is enough? These underwear. Have too many holes. How? And, wow. And what do you do with them? You just relatable, have to throw them away? relatable <laughs> question alert. I mean, I am, you know, I haven't got any new ones mm-hmm. in in over two years. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, Perfect. I mean, I'm gonna say. You know, I was gonna say one word. I feel like this is a better way to put it. There are there's one I just got rid of because like. Wore through the hammock. The hammock. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and then now I've got some other ones that, you know, hammock is intact. <laughs> but like the fabric is pulling away from the band and I've got holes along mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. And I feel like especially with, you know, like um well, especially with like boxers or boxer or briefs or like things that, you know, like a wide band and like more material compared to like, like a bikini cut underwear, you know, mm-hmm. like there's, um, I mean, it's either there and it's not, you know, or it's not, you know, so I feel like that you're saying that one might be easier. No, that, well, that like, there's, it's like, I feel like there's more opportunities for like holes and separation for the, for the former types. Um, yeah, because you know yeah, I mean? there's just more fabric exactly, to exactly. get hold. Agreed, yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, but regardless, like, yeah, it's like I, it's the it's it seems like the one one of the only like cloth um, articles that just like really shouldn't be repurposed. You know, if it's yeah. at that point, 
Um, and I just don't, I'm like, what do you, do you have to just throw it in the garbage? And also when, you know, like, is it like, well, I could, I could still wear this and therefore I should, or, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. I, I just, just, it's just a, it's just an unanswerable little, little dilemma. So, or should you just, uh, burn them? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Or you could burn them. That'd be pretty fun if we had like, especially if we had like communal, underwear like a couple once a year like your mm. neighborhood uh, old underwear burning parties so you yeah. can just do like one fire toss them in be done with it yeah that'd be really fun you know what you 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 call it burning what bridges no. ah burning bridges oh my god i love it <laughs> i gotta write that down Burning, you know, I bet if there's any place that would be down for it, it's Burlington, Vermont. So I might have to I, propose that to the city. I, I want, I do need to know if that happens. If so, I will save them for when I come up there. I Excellent. want you to know <laughs> that every time you type, I take it at your word uh-huh. that you are typing, but it does not, it sounds like the sound someone would make if they were fake typing. <laughs> really? Wait, like, like it's. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like. Let me see. Let me bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. <laughs> Sounds like bing bong, bing bong. <laughs> it's like really. That's so, I'm trying so carefully to be quiet. Oh no, that I mean, you are failing at that. It's, it's coming. My delete. It, it, I think it's my delete. Listen, no, did you hear that? Okay, you hear I mean, that? Yeah, I, I heard it. It was like clunk clunk, bing bong. <laughs> okay, bing bong, bing bong. <laughs> Anyways, good to know. I will. Uh, everything I type is in a little note, like burning britches. Um, I yeah. declare. But but regardless, yeah. Sorry to hear that. That's distracting. No, I, no, I mean it's just <laughs> it's, really it's funny. just fun. It's like if uh, I'm I'm assuming you don't watch Stephen Colbert, but he does a number of bits where he's like adding things up, mm-hmm. and he'll just like whip out a calculator and like he's like, hold on, let me punch some numbers really quick, and he just like. It's just beating his knuckles against the mm-hmm. against the calculator, and it just sounds like that. Can't believe it sounds like that. That is yeah. so funny. <laughs> um, Dave. Yeah, should we so, start so, the show? Yeah, I mean, we should, but also, I I will say, I I don't know the answer about mm-hmm. when to buy them because I also know that like, so I'm reading this book right now, and it like it talks about two things like two different um the word motivator is a tough word to use in this moment because you'll you'll see when i explain the second one but mm-hmm. the biggest is like one of the biggest motivators for human beings is um something called loss aversion mm-hmm. you know that like we're just yeah you know it, it, when given the choice between like getting the apple and running from a, a mountain lion Mm-hmm. We're gonna run from the mountain lion because mm-hmm. the fear of what we might lose mm-hmm. is gonna trump anything that we might gain. Yeah, every time. Yeah, and so, like you, you're gonna lose that those underwear. You're gonna mm-hmm. lose the money for mm-hmm. new underwear. Yeah. Yes, having new nice underwear would be good, but like, right. you don't really have. There's no, there's no like internal sense about like how good things will be once you've acquired them. Mm. And then, uh, which is probably, I would be interested to see if 
manifestation had something to do with that, that like by sitting and manifesting, you're actually creating loss aversion for something that you don't yet have. I would be interested. By manifesting? Right. Like if you sit there and you think about like, I have compl- I have published three plays. I have published three plays right, by the okay. Jonathan's Play you Service. Mean, right, right. Like, like you are, you haven't done that, uh-huh. but you are. Right. I'm. I'm okay. Right. Like, that is are you creating a sense where you're like acting as though you have done something, and so in a way, everything that you don't do mm-hmm. potentially is like a way of like jeopardizing the manifestation. Like you don't have the thing that you're manifesting, but you have the manifestation. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think it's that. I don't think, I don't think I'm being that crazy. I think it's like, you're just, you're just, you're just meditating on it Mm -hmm. to give yourself basically the, like, you're putting your brain in the position to believe that you have it have so it that the things being... whatever you're manifesting okay in this so case, that new underwear yeah okay, yeah okay, okay. yeah sure we'll talk about underwear sit well, and you're like I... manifesting <laughs> underwear so if you just like manifest the idea that you are wearing new underwear right now yeah you might <laughs> buy underwear sure yeah yeah okay because you're also You've put yourself in the brain space of already having it. Yeah. So, so anything you do that goes against getting it mm-hmm. will feel like a loss. Will feel like a loss. Yeah, got it. Um, oh. Now, the 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 second thing that um, that it talks about is absence denial, mm-hmm. which is that like we ha- we can we fear what we will lose. But when we don't have something, our brain, like, removes our, like, sense of need for it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, you know, think of, like, furnishings for the wall. If somehow you ended up, like, losing them you're probably going to take a lot longer to get them replaced mm-hmm. because you don't want to lose the money, blah, blah, blah. And you don't, because there's right. an absence of things on the wall, you're not really sensing anything. Because mm-hmm. uh, you're not in danger and you're not losing, you're not like in danger of a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you don't, so like right now you're in a position where you're afraid of losing the underwear, losing the money for the underwear, and your brain is denying the absence of good underwear. Mm-hmm. Totally. So it's very difficult to get new underwear. It is very difficult. But, you know, I'll tell you one thing. I do like the idea of manifest underwear a lot more than manifest mm-hmm. destiny. So that's good. So you, so I hope you wrote that down. Manifest underwear. <laughs> and burning britches. And burning britches. Well, I don't want to write it down because I don't want to be so clunky and loud. But I'm going to quietly write it down. And you won't know when. I mean, you're doing it right. You now. won't know when. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not typing anything. Yeah, you might as well just freely type. I like the I like the foley art. Right, right. It's like we're like at a news station and like frantically searching the latest news. 
things are happening in the background. Kind of like that. Martha, I need that. I need that headline on my desk. Report stat. I need it yesterday. Yeah. Oh, Martha. Martha, get your ass to Barnard and find out what's poisoning those kids. Exactly. That's the kind of news I like. That's the kind of news. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mr. Hurst. Exactly. All right. Welcome to Should We Keep This, the cultural review podcast that gives you hell, gives you the hell that you know and love, and looks back on how you could be so heartless mm, for nice. 50 years of film, music, <laughs> television, of challenging to challenge your <laughs> nostalgia and get at the question. You know, if you liked it, why didn't you put a ring on it? Mm. That, yes, that's right, Gina. Mm-hmm. I'm yours. Oh, wow. Right. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what right round is. I, I, I don't know what it's right round not, is. You spin me right round? Is it that? No, that was Right, old. but it wasn't that a hit was in old. 2009. You're right, you're right, you're right. That was um, <laughs> like, <laughs> The, I mean, unless it was, unless right like a dance down. dance revolution. Right. Oh, it was, the, it was, yeah. it was Flow Rider. Oh, oh. Flow Oh, oh, wait, with Kesha. Wait. Yeah. I need a, I need a verse uh, with this. Right round, right round. Oh, when you go down, when, when you, you go, go down, down, down. Oh, yeah. You, now, hilariously, gotcha. she said that, and now, now this is like, I know that this is I, I put it hilariously. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be the meme, but it, it, it just is kind of funny that mm-hmm. she refused to appear in the video because she didn't want to be sexualized. Mm. And it's just the, the 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 first several singles that she created are like highly sexualized so like mm-hmm. while while yes obviously one is what should exercise all power against being sexualized in a way that they're not comfortable with it is like you you did some cr- like yeah <laughs> you, you when when te- when kesha first came out it was wild it was it so yeah, like yeah that's it was funny. like what do you mean you were what were you worried about because right. last time i saw you you put a buzzsaw you you were fi- getting fitted for chastity belts that you could Jesus. grind with a buzzsaw so that sparks would fly over members people at your concert. Whoa, I did not know about that one. Oh yeah, she would get like electrocuted by it. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, Whoa. it's a love story, baby. Just say yes. <laughs> God. Um. Well, you're a right. girl. Anyways. Uh yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways, anyways, my girl. Yeah, my girl. For a second, I thought you went. Oh, you're a girl. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, well, I don't. That would be so what, weird. No. What a weird. What? Yeah. And then, uh, but, but uh, and then I was about to be like, well, actually, in the song, no, in the song, she's actually, I wouldn't care. Why do you care? Right. Oh, but then, uh, yeah, no, Your my girl, girl, the queen. Your girl. Yeah. You know the the mom. Of Olivia Rodrigo, you don't get it. Don't worry. I don't. Um, so I actually think oh, no one in there. Okay, all right, Carol, sure. I got a feeling that I should move. I got, I got a feeling. feeling. Oh wow, that was a good one. Move. That's a good one. 
Uh, I'm Stephen Moskus. Oh, we're still in this part. Oh my God. I'm Gina Stevenson. <laughs> and today oh God. it's 2009 it That's right. and we're going to just dance. It'll be okay. That didn't do. Just dance. <laughs> that didn't do. All right. Just that's exactly right. Yeah, that we're talking about Avatar, and we are talking about the Hurt Locker. Gina, put on your poker face and mm. tell us what year it is. Cool, 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 cool. Well, so there's super obvious connections between these movies, I guess. But essentially, you know, whatever. Um, it's just simply the only, I only wrote one, um, because I was like, well, duh. And I don't want to work more on my brain case. Um, uh. so it's the, the, <laughs> the year of, of Maverick military men, I'd say. Yeah. And we got some little alliteration for you there. Yeah. That's the one. Nice. That's the one the that, one. the one that I wrote, uh, was the year of movies about war. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. but either way, we both admit that both movies are chock full of that boom, boom, pow. Um, now, the one chicken that's jacking my style is that I have it written. Um, is that a song reference? Uh, to the song Boom, Boom, Pow. The chicken. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think okay, I'm, that is isn't that what the lyrics chicken? are. The chicken that's jacking my style. I'm uh, keep going. I'll, I'll it, silently no, I'm, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look no, it I'm up. I'm doing it silently. Too. Um, oh. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, okay. That boom, boom, pal, them chickens, jack of my style. Then try to copy my swagger. I'm on that next shit now. Yes, crazy. Yes, All right. put me we on gotta, a trivia show. Man, that HQ dude died. Really That's why you should stay away from show. opiates, baby. All right. So should we start with? It feels like hard to start with the Hurt Locker in this moment. We're not quite in that tone. So should we start with Avatar? <laughs> um, we can start with Avatar. Okay. Do you not want to? Um. You watched, know what's bizarre is yeah. I, I mean, well, you're going to say you watch Avatar first. No, watch I watched Hurt the Hurt Logger first. I too watched the Hurt Logger first. It's amazing what, you know, what having one of them available on a streaming service mm. will do for you. It really is. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we can just let's start with the Hurt Logger because we both watched it first. So yeah, we did. We both watched it first. Yeah, the best picture we, winner. Best picture winner. Should we watch? Yes. What? Um, what? What? Hurt Locker? Yeah, that's what it's called, right? <laughs> Agreed. Um, I'll just Insensible. launch I'll I'll launch in now to the synopsis. Nothing's weird. Everything's normal. Um, okay, the Hurt Locker. Best picture winner, 2009, but a boom. Um, this is a war movie. Boom pal. Um thank you. Thank you. Um it's set in uh two thousand the early two thousands, um, in Iraq. Uh, and the we follow Sergeant William Oops, I wrote games, but it's James um, who William arrives because he plays games. games. Um, yeah, okay. Oof. William, Dr. William James arrives as the new team leader of a U.S. Army Explosive Ordnance Disposal Unit, um, which means you know the bomb defusal people uh, in the Iraq War as they count down the days left in their rotation. Um, his predecessor was killed by an IED. His team includes Sergeant Sanborn and Specialist Eldridge, um, and the two of them see him, see James as pretty reckless and therefore dangerous because James really likes to sort of do things his own way um, without really talking or thinking things through with the rest of the team. Uh, James befriends a young Iraqi boy named, nicknamed Beckham, um, a lot of really horrifying 
war things happen uh, at a rate that doesn't isn't meant to be like dismissive. It's just sort of like that's what a lot of the movie is: them being at war, counting them down the days. Um, at a raid on a warehouse, they the team finds a body bomb, which is where a bomb has been surgically implanted into the body, in this case of a child, who James is convinced is Beckham. Um, it turns out that it wasn't him, uh, but James does a lot of reckless shit trying to find the people who planted the body bomb. Uh, he tries to do that on his own after hours without telling anybody. Later, he forces his team into joining him on this impromptu danger search for some insurgents who caused an explosion. Um, in the course of that, Eldridge gets captured, but James and Sanborn shoot his captors and accidentally wound Eldridge, um, which sends him out of uh, the war zone. A lot of other very dark things happen. Um, eventually their rotation ends. James goes home to his baby and wife, um, or technically ex-wife, um, but he can't really cope with civilian life. He confesses to his baby son that there's only one thing he loves, which the implication is war, uh, at least I think. Um, and the movie ends with him deploying out on another tour. Mm. So, yeah. This movie is a, uh, it's a $15 million movie. It mm. made $49.2 million. It was written by Mark Bowl. He was a freelance journalist that was embedded with an EOD squad for two weeks in 2004 in Iraq. Um, we've got a couple of famous people that are already involved in this. Anthony Mackie. We already talked about him in million dollar baby. Mm -hmm. Um, have we already talked about Ray fines? I feel like we have, but I can't I feel like we have to have. Oh, Schindler's list. Oh, Schindler's list. That's right. Um, and then David Morse, the, the, the thing about the, from oh the he's like a he's like a very brief part in it he's the the wild man mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. he's like a very famous uh sort of sort of character suit at this point mm -hmm. um and then you've also you've got like evangeline lily uh who you know got herself in some shit uh in march because she says she wouldn't go into lockdown because she valued freedom over life what um fucking Yikes. nut job uh guy pierce also uh famous in this movie and then uh catherine bigelow mm -hmm. already done a number of films already i mean famously she's not defined by this but famously divorced james cameron mm -hmm. and is the only woman ever to win the best picture oscar still still jesus there have only ever been five women nominated wow and that means only one in the last 10 years because she was the fourth i think whoa yeah i believe greta gerwig uh wow. for yeah. ladybird wow damn was the was the last one um yeah, and then while Jeremy Renner had done a number of things beforehand, this is broadly seen as his career turn. Mm. And, you know, they, it was shortly after this that he got Hawkeye mm. and 
became uh, J- he became Jeremy Renner. He yeah. uh, beat Joel Egerton for the for the role of ugly guy that somehow isn't the best friend. Yeah. True. True. I mean, it's just what it is. It's no, just what it true. is. It's he's a he's a. I've always found him a weird choice. To yeah. Be, to be who he is, but yeah, good, great. Yeah. But uh, so fun. The fun things about this are, or the relevant things about this that I also find fun. Um, there, there was a fake musical. What? Written for Hedwig and the Angry Inch. What do you mean written? I've never seen for... Hedwig and the Angry Inch, but it's, it's oh, yeah, yeah, her, mm-hmm. yeah, in, in, in Hedwig. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. And in it, it starred like Bobby Cannavale, Michael Cerverus, and Tay Diggs. And the music and lyrics was written by Metallica. They had like fake playbills and stuff. Uh, you know, Hurt Locker, the musical. Oh, really? And then, yeah. yeah. And then there's also lots of like, there's a number of just kind of, kind of references of things being like my Hurt Locker. Or it's like the mm-hmm. Hurt Locker. And Sh- New Girl Schmidt is like, crazy girls in my hurt locker um things like that mm. which i gotta say i don't fully understand right does that mean that you keep because it was only afterwards that i was like what the hell is a hurt locker and that it's like the that you call like a foot locker right is the thing under his bed that he had all the things mm. that could have killed him and that that so it's like yeah mementos of right question mark Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and some some members of the military dislike the film. Many do, including the head of the uh, EOD Memorial Foundation. Hmm. Does like and it or does? Yes, he he hmm. he loves it and he thinks it's an excellent tribute to hmm. EOD officers. Mm-hmm. Um some people say that it's laughably inaccurate mm-hmm. while another guy has sued Mark Bowl because he says that it was based on his life. Oh, wow. And that he also defamed him. So it's like this weird thing of like, I am making sure everyone knows this is about me. And that also you defamed me, but only once people know it's about me. Right. Would they you know, know that? Huh. Right. Um, what happened with that lawsuit, Dana? I think it was settled out of court. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but to me, I'm also like, and I, and you, we're not in the conversation yet, hmm. but like, obviously different things have to be made for movies and different decisions, et cetera. But like, if the whole point of a movie mm-hmm. character is that they're, reckless and they anger the men that they serve with Mm -hmm. because they don't take the situation seriously. It's not a valid criticism to say it just doesn't make sense because it's not realistic because he's reckless. It's like, Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's like baked into the the plot. That's the the whole point that there's a movie is that he is reckless. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Ready to vote? I I also just, I don't know if you saw this, but I just was glancing at this when I was looking at some things people said about the movie and how. Sure, I did. Um, sure, you did. That it was filmed, so it was filmed in Jordan, like three miles from the oh, border. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, that they cast 
Iraqi refugees as extras. Did you see that? Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, now, yeah. Th mm -hmm. There are some... I have some other things to say. Okay. There are some allegations that they have denied. Mm. Okay. Um, I feel like it belongs I, in the next section. You feel like yeah. it belongs in the next maybe, section? Or, this or I don't know. Just say them. Yeah, let's say them. Uh, so when asked about why the Department of Defense did not have a hand in uh, the making of the film, the Department of Defense has res responded by saying that uh, they received reports that they shot scenes that were not in the uh, official in the script that was given to the Defense Department for approval. And also, I mean, and for anyone who's wondering, Defense Department approval is helpful because mm -hmm. it often means they get access to like realistic equipment mm -hmm. and consultants who can ensure accuracy and things like that. And then also money. It's not like they're just. Right. It's like signing off on whether or not you could make it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not just them being like, we're goddamn patriots mm -hmm. and we want the department of defense to right, be, right. you know, they're not trying to make a propaganda film. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. um, but then the, the other reason is that they allege and this is like vehemently denied by Bigelow and Mark Bull that to get the angry crowd scenes that they drove over the border into Palestine hmm. to film the hmm. the people living on the West Bank. And oh. yeah, the... And they deny that that, that were, happened. So were they there? They, like somebody was there who is saying that, or just the a Jordanian different? official hmm. says that. Interesting. So, or let me put it this way: the army, the Department of Defense says that a Jordanian official hmm. told them that. Hmm. Yeah, in Mark, in Mark Bull was like, well, last I checked, Platoon, Apocalypse Now, and the Deer Hunter didn't have DoD funding either. So I'm fine with it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. You know, and, and movies that do are films like Top Gun. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, Different. artistically speaking, it's, uh, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. Gotcha. Interesting. We ready to vote? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Three. Um, three two. Two. One. One. Yeah, I think we should yeah. keep it. Yeah. 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 I have, I have, I have only. I think I have two. Now this kind of expanded into three qualms, but mm -hmm. I, I think I have. Yeah. I think I have three qualms, and that's it. Nice. Yeah, my one of my biggest qualms is the very, very end. I don't know if this is one of yours. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, so the way it ends with him like going off on another deployment, it's just the the choice of how it was shot and then scored, the last moment essentially last scene is like some like kind of rock music comes in and then he's like walking off, you know, <clears throat> with right. his new uh, platoon or whatever. And like, he's walking in slow motion and he like has his gear and he just like looks really cool and all this like music swells and then it like cuts to black. And it's just sort of like a very, I feel like in my mind, that moment is meant to feel almost like ironic in the sense of like, we know throughout the movie that, 
it is a very, very critical of war um, right. and very critical of like this sort of, you know, the fact that war creates this attitude of like, you can't, you just can't escape from the thrill of it or whatever. Um, but like it's, and so like showing this like cool looking moment feels sort of like it's meant to be like a big juxtaposition against what we know is going to come next. But like, it can't help. I just can't help but feel like, well, but you're also leaving us with this moment of like, cool, you know, where like some people could just see that and be like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, I don't know. 100%. I mean, that is, that's the chief qualm. The other two qualms I came up with, like kind of in the moment as we were talking, Mm -hmm. but like, that is the main one for the whole, the movie does an excellent job Mm -hmm. of portraying the mental toll Mm -hmm. that this kind of war takes on people, the demands that were placed upon these soldiers who, you know, we know more now than, than we did in 2009 about just how little of a plan the U S government had. And so they're just putting these people, putting U S soldiers in this position where like they can't trust anyone because anyone could be the person that's trying to kill them Mm -hmm. but they don't want to just be killing people because one they're not just they're not many of them most of them with the exception of people who've just gotten a presidential pardon aren't trying to just murder people Mm -hmm. and they've got the geneva convention making sure that they don't and And yet, if they're too kind, anyone could be planting a a bomb. I mean, we see that with the the therapist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's what I think it also, and, you know, maybe we, I think we'll hopefully like we'll, we'll like rewind and we'll kind of like talk about things a little bit more mm-hmm. on their own. But like the movie does a good job of portraying how the toll of being in a constant state of fear mm-hmm. um, affects you. Yeah. Affects you, yeah. and that and that it's not just this one guy that's weak, mm-hmm. right? It's not just this one, you know, guy who can't keep his shit together, who's right. just not made for for war. Right. The he the, it, it shows very clearly that like Jeremy Renner is suffering from PTSD. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, for sure. But you know what I'm what, oh, sorry. Well, I was just gonna say yeah. at the very end what they what the the qualm number two is that I don't think they do enough to show that the scene with the serial mm-hmm. is a manifestation of his PTSD. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that, that he has been for an entire year in a situation where every decision that he makes mm-hmm. will potentially kill him there it's entirely based on survival Mm -hmm. and 
than to return to society where like there's way more questions to ask, but very way lower consequences for any of them. It, it, like it's like a paralysis, an inability to function, mm-hmm. and like an in I mean an inability to. Yeah, it's just like it is an inability. It's an inability to function when not having to make survival, direct survival based uh, choices every second. Totally. And so it's not a. It's not a. No, I only love one thing. I gotta go be a badass. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's that I I actually can't f- function. Right. right. Exactly. And yeah, so I was thinking about like, so one question that I wrote down early ish on was like, so when he first arrives, like in the movie, in their unit, um, you know, we like see right away how reckless and like seemingly cavalier he is when he goes about his business to defuse the bombs. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you know, at some point in the movie, we find out he's asked like, how many bombs have you defused? And he's like 837. And I was like, how is it? at all possible to imagine that this guy has diffused 837 bombs, which means, you know, you can kind of calculate an assumption of like how long he's been at war, you know, and how many deployments he might've had and how many situations he's been in. How is it possible that he, this is like the first time that he experiences something that really is, is like rocking him. You know, that was the question I wrote down, but now like, and I, I think the movie, again, like I still, this, this ending moment needs to do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something really interesting about like seeing how his mind like resets almost like with each new deployment, it's like, because it is the, th- the drug, you know, that he returns to, it's like he, because of his PTSD, it manifests for him as like a partially as like a a wiping the slate clean, a disassociation kind of. And like Mm -hmm. every time he goes out on tour, it's like a new opportunity to be like, yeah, to be like excited, you know? Um, So it was just like, I was, I was like wondering, questioning the, the reality of that. Like when we see him with the body bomb, which is like such a horrifying scene, um, like how we can see how affected he is. And I was like, there's no Mm -hmm. way that after 837 bombs, this is the first one that's affecting him. but like, I feel like, yeah, the movie is kind of also telling us that like, it's part of his like addiction is like it reset. He like feels it. He's broken. And then he like comes back and is like a clean slate. You know, he thinks, um, but of course he's not. Right. And like, he doesn't, you know, he leads them on this immediate, you know, it's immediately after the, the body bomb mm-hmm. that there's like a tank explosion tanker explosion they go to investigate and then he's like he tells his other team the rest of his team we're going to go into we're going to go over there and look which means that the three of them are going to go and investigate an yeah. urbanized area on their own right. in the middle of the night and that isn't gung ho that's right. him it's it's the it's the equivalent of somebody like punching themselves or telling mm-hmm. somebody to hit them you right. know right. and, and yeah. right which yeah. they also do and 
the the other um i'm I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of similarities and gina you just gotta remedy this i'm tired of this coming up okay there's a lot of similarities between him and christopher walken in the deer hunter Mm -hmm. and like you know down to the down to the fact that when he's in the hospital Christopher Walken makes makes a phone call out to Meryl Streep mm-hmm. and she's like hello hello and he just doesn't say anything exactly on the phone it's yeah. mm-hmm. exactly what happens in the hurt locker and what does he go out to do he doesn't come home he goes out and just starts playing Russian roulette. So like uh, in these big professional circles, because he can't function in society, he has to have life and death be um, like something that's immediately there at the forefront the entire time. Not unlike. Yeah. Returning him for another returning to yeah. face to look face to face with a bomb that I then have to clip before somebody seeing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuts it up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard. <laughs> um, uh, some yeah. Th- I have an unrelated comment that's also just mm-hmm. like something I noticed. Um, that I was, w- which is not true of all war movies for sure, but like there's something I think this contributes to this the tone of this movie that um I was I couldn't put my finger on until like halfway through which is that with I feel like with the genre of a war movie it's possible to have a movie that's like entirely in the present like even in the sense not of just like not even not only not having like flashbacks or scenes before the war or after the war um but like characters not even like talking about who they were beforehand or who they are outside of this job mm-hmm. because like you know we know immediately what the characters want pretty much like and we learn through their actions if it is like to survive or like to dominate you know but and like there's an obvious conflict that's always like high stakes so it was just interesting to to like obviously most i mean obviously but most war movies like don't exclusively live in the present but like except for the the like you know two scenes back home and like the one conversation um that he has with his two teammates like where they sort of talk they talk a little bit about like family essentially um like it can be entirely like what's happening right now as the subject of most scenes um which like in another movie wouldn't really work because you just don't know what things mean to the characters if you don't mm-hmm. have some context. But here it's like, we all understand what the context is. So we know like they have to do this or else they might die or something, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and that's very true. The, it, it's an interesting uh, showcasing of how you can have such clear characters without any backstory. Yeah. If the action is, if the stakes of the action are strong enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think that now I, I was I was annoyed because a number of places they want to, um, and I think it's kind of big with like a lot of military movies, but it's also true of just any movie that has anything to do with fact, um, or like 
or like real events the i think i think quote unquote experts etc just really want to rip apart anything that there is to rip apart and the mm, shit <laughs> i think i oh 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 something that i thought was an example of that like going awry to the point of like missing the point mm-hmm. um when the guy came up to after he like um what do you call it he goes i think it's the the it's either the i think it, it's the first bomb i don't think it's the un bomb i think it's the the one where he goes in throws a uh, uh, a smoke bomb and then you know goes in and defuses the bomb mm-hmm. and then the the other officer from the other unit comes over to talk to him mm-hmm. did you think he was celebrating or congratulating him this is sorry so this is the like this is not the like what a uh, wild man thing no that is that one it is the wild man thing yeah yeah it was funny because like the tone of that it was really hard to tell i thought like i think okay so i think my impression was yes that character was trying to like um give him praise but and and but the production team wanted to make it very clear that that praise was like ridiculous so i i felt like that was sort of why in both in like the acting of the moment it was like kind of amb- it kind of felt like it could be um not serious like you know not mm. being taken seriously but like i thought because i thought if he didn't believe that was true um then he being a higher up higher rank like would do something additional to like shame him or to like make sure he didn't do wild things again you know what i mean um but so yeah that was sort of my impression you know i so like yeah i personally i don't i I don't i mean i don't don't know enough about the military to know like what kind of authority he would have over him since they're like in two separate divisions and he's the lead of his team right but he looked at like like, the way that he treated him like he called james called him sir you know and like mm -hmm. the other way around like it seemed like there was a clear but yes regardless like how much control someone even in a higher rank have over somebody else's unit i don't know but it it did it did it just seemed to me it seemed to me like if somebody walked up to me and was like oh you seem like a tough guy you're a tough guy yeah how'd you get so tough how'd you get so tough tough guy and what's the best what's the best way to what's the best way for me to be so tough how can i be tough like you like that that is how i read it because he just kept saying wild man he didn't he was like damn you're a wild man that was amazing you're so great he's like you're a wild man yeah you're just real wild man yeah and, but and, yeah but i guess like the but the fact that it was coming on the heels of learning that he had diffused 837 bombs <clears throat> was like 
that, I mean, that's just like, I could, Im- I, I would assume, is this the same guy? Sorry. Is this the same character who also earlier in that sequence, um, told the soldier to leave the wounded guy? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, it, uh, I feel like that's the same guy. Maybe it was the same guy. Cause it, there was a scene earlier, um, like in the same, you know, it was the same, like long scene of mm-hmm. what was happening um where there was like an iraqi man who was wounded and this a soldier was like trying to help him out and he was like it's it's like you know he it's not a fatal injury basically we have to we can get him help and the commanding officer was like he's not going to make it he's not going to make it like intentionally essentially saying like no you're going to leave him here because we we don't have time to worry about a wounded iraqi um and i think it it was the same guy which also like i was carrying that into the conversation of like that tells me a lot about who this guy is and what he is willing to, what he, what he prioritizes and what he thinks is important. You know what I mean? Um, and so I could, and especially him learning that he had defused so many bombs that it's like, wow, you are, that's amazing. And also you're crazy to like, cause what a crazy job. Um, but like, look at this guy, you know? Um, but in that, even in that regard, I don't consider that to be, I don't consider that moment of him wanting to leave the injured Iraqi person, him being like a, a kick-ass American soldier, but instead him being incredible, him being con- like conservative of the soldiers' lives to the point where he would do something that would, yeah, seem pretty fucking inhuman. Of like, sorry, we're gonna leave that guy to die because it means I. It means that you get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and like, because what was also happening was like people were just running away from that building. Like, right. You know, so it wasn't like the soldiers were in like active combat at the moment. You know, like it. So that was also I was like seeing it as a thing where like he could have safely gotten this guy to safety. You know, um, but in the priority matrix of this guy's brain like um it's like why would you even care about you know this iraqi man um yeah yeah i don't know i i watch those scenes honestly those two scenes yeah curious watch um hmm. the Hmm. (laughs) and i feel i felt so bad so the so You've got James Sanborn and what's the other guy's name? Something Eldridge. Eldridge. So Eldridge is the one who is 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 shown as having the the biggest struggle with going out every day to defuse these bombs. Yeah. And Sanborn, while we have seen that like after enough close calls he you know can't stand the idea of not having roots set up outside of the military mm-hmm. but the one who's like i can't do this is is eldridge we see him consulting with a uh you know the uh, army psychologist and you know, with a counselor and the we then show the 
he the the counselor decides to go out in the field with him sort of in solidarity and then he's trying to talk to these people mm-hmm. telling them you know they're we're clearing this area we think there might be a bomb in there we should go it's not safe for you here and he's just kind of telling them to go and he's he's being nice to them in the way that like we have hated seeing the American soldiers be shitty to them. Mm-hmm. And you kind of know the whole time. I don't know about you, but it's pretty clear the whole time that mean or nice, whatever, what he's not being is vigilant. Yeah. And so when they leave, when the other when the other people leave and ever and the EOD team gets back in the Humvee, the colonel starts walking over to them and there was a bomb placed on the ground and it explodes, killing him. And I my only thought with that is like, fuck. I wouldn't uh, imagine being Eldridge. I know, yeah. Who's struggling with the fact that, like, if he had pulled a trigger mm-hmm. on a guy earlier in the movie, his former commanding officer would be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's like, basically, right. somebody's dead because of me. Right. And now this person and, and then now talks to you about it the is only dead because that. of me. Yeah, totally. Like, that, no, even though, like, yeah, I was just like, holy shit, I would not want to be him. And we and we see that like there is no we see that like he is far from the only variable that is the reason that those two people died. Like for sure. Yeah. If he if he would like he couldn't have killed that guy in the beginning. Like if he killed him and it was nothing. He could very well be court-martialed. Totally. Like, yeah, no, it's it's very clear that, like, yeah, it's not actually... Right, and all knowing all those things, it's so, like, believable <clears throat> to, that he blames yeah. himself in such an impossible situation. You know, it's like what you said right. before about, like, how impossible this whole... <clears throat> this whole situation was um, for what, what, these, what our soldiers mm. were being asked to do. And, yeah, I feel like that moment really... Um, showed that too highlighted it yeah 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 it's interesting to see i feel like this movie does it shows a lot of violence and it does not make it seem cool you know like agreed just thinking back to the things that we've talked about before especially with war movies um you know like that body bomb again was just like the most horrifying thing ever and then like all you know all kinds of things but i just feel like it's um it really like you said it's like so much about and i think that's part of why it's connected to that present tense thing like i just feel like we're watching the movie for at least the first half of it just like holding our breaths feeling feeling kind of like there is the possibility that any of these people could die at any moment because we also like don't know anything about them it almost makes it even more precarious of like oh you're just another you're another body, you know, like, and like the whole, like, I feel like we're just sort of holding our breath. Um, it feels so arbitrary, you know, throughout. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just feel like they capture that really well. 
Yeah, I mean the the they also do a good they do a good job of showing the purpose like the the purposelessness the mm-hmm. like the the goallessness yeah of what's going on that is just another bomb there's no it's just another bomb another person another bomb another yeah. person yeah and then it's a um, war movie that is not about like if we can just do this there's victory like nothing changes right. like throughout it's just like you have to just survive one more day like mm-hmm. yeah, there's no sense of like the war ending or like, you know, it's it's. I was reading some things about how like it could, how you know, some criticism of the movie was about it being really like yes, it's about the Iraq War, but like there's no like you know, replace that battlefield with any other battlefield. Essentially, and the movie wouldn't really be different. Um, where like it's not, it doesn't go into the politics around that war or like you know, even like questioning, Mm -hmm. like, you know, America's presence there, all these things, but like, um, uh, I lost where I began. Oh no. Where did I begin with this? Uh, well, you find that, I mean, basically it was something that I've seen is on the exact same, uh, um, sort of exact same arena. It, I have, I was finding praise of the film because it's one of the only films that is strictly about the lives of the soldiers that are there and doesn't stray into the politics. Mm, right. Oh yeah. Right. 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 The war. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you find it? I did. And then I lost it again in like two seconds. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, my God. You know what they say about things that you lose yeah. twice? It's like, you never really had it in the first place. Oh, damn. Damn. I guess but, that's true. But yeah, uh, lost it. So that's fine. Yeah, I think I think this movie also presents a really interesting situation where, you know, by, by having it be this like bomb defusal team and only like three members, it kind of helps them get around this. But, you know, there's just a very different type of person in this war. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I guess war movies coming out during this war. Um, they're the first ones we've seen where they're not draftees. Mm. Yeah. Where, like, you know, any Vietnam War movie, it the whole thing is right. I didn't want to be you know, here necessarily. Yeah. Right. Whereas the. This is, I mean, with the exception of like the deer hunter, mm. Gina. Oh, yeah, the deer hunter. Um, have you heard? Have you, have you heard of it? <laughs> um, but yeah, they, um, because they enlist in the deer hunter, mm-hmm. but the there is a question of like the kind of person, right that enlists Mm -hmm. and it's not i'm not saying that they're all like people who want to go out and be heroes Mm -hmm. but i mean there is a question of like people wanting to get out um of wherever they were things you know in military families and then also people who want to be heroes it's just like a Mm -hmm. there's just kind of 
there's just I don't know, there's just a difference. Yeah. And I I I noticed it enough to write it down. <laughs> and I think it's because you know what I think it is? I think it's about the ideological differences in in camps. Like in the in the bases and things like that. Mm-hmm. That like it's a little bit narrower than in say platoon. Mm-hmm. Because, like, because everyone is there. Mm. Everyone yeah. in yeah. platoon, everyone that is in the U.S. could end up in Vietnam, right. and and so you have Tom Berenger people. And then you have Willem Dafoe people, and then you have Charlie Sheen people. Whereas, like, I feel like the Willem Dafoe people basically end up getting removed mm. from this movie. And I don't think that there's like a big, I don't think that necessarily means there's a big consequence or some shit like that, but like, it, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's just something I noticed. I'm not even saying like, I, like I felt the loss. I'm just saying. I, I noticed it enough to write it down. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Gotta keep this yeah. movie. Yeah. I into it. Into it. Into yeah. it. You know what? Yeah, we actually don't even hear any reference hmm. to america or what they're fighting for at all no totally yeah right which also is what makes it such a different kind of movie war movie Mm -hmm. yeah yeah right oh yeah and that was the whole thing right that was the whole thing i was trying to of like the the divorce from any sense of like time or space time really of like Mm. when the war started how when it's going to end like where we are in the war, like who's quote unquote winning, you know, like how there's none of that, which is tied to the fact that like, it seems so like, yeah, it's it, like that second thing of like, it could be happening, like you could, it could be happening anywhere kind of, because right. it's not about the politics. Yeah. Um, makes it so, it's just so much, you so much more feel what the soldiers mm-hmm. are feeling because like, I don't know if we, if we knew, like, oh, this it's this point in World War II. Okay, yeah, this was the hard one, but then it's gonna be over soon. You know what I mean? Like right, it's sort yeah. of like about it's again about the present. It's like it's all what's I have to get through right. today. I have to just get through today. All I right. am is this one day, you know. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, there aren't these big battles where you were right. you knew you were more likely to die at this point than that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's showing war in such a different way too, of like, I mean, even just showing a bomb defusal um unit it's like right we don't see we see a couple one scene really that's like um you know two sides firing on each other essentially mm-hmm. um but like even in that case it's like three people on one side and then like 10 on the other right so it's like really showing such a different a different right. type of of you know of war and of how the war was waged right yeah. and and the fact that like they could feasibly just stroll up on random mercenaries Mm -hmm. 
who were there yeah. just trying to kidnap people. Right. Right. And then they go from having a conversation with mercenaries to being fired upon by snipers. Mm-hmm. It, it's the the boredom mixed with the constant possibility of being mm-hmm. struck. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that is one of the one of the biggest sources of uh, trauma that I've that I, I've just heard people discuss, you know, having. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, I, I just I, what is the last thing that I feel like I want to contribute? And this is kind of funnier than it is anything else. Um, I think that there's something akin. And, you know, I know that uh, we have a big um psychedelics contingent of in our listener base um i think that there's something in jeremy renner's character that is akin to like being on psychedelics because when you are on psychedelics things become so much more immediate you aren't able to process the ability, the, 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 the idea of like a society, you're only able to like, think about the things that are in front of you. You are, you know, if you come in contact with like super artificial things, Mm -hmm. they look stupid to you. You know, it's just like things like, uh building um art like manufacturing these things are like more pleasurable because they're like in your hands in the moment it's something you're doing it's very much tied to um like physiological needs whereas like if you were then to go to a grocery store and look at all the different options for like soap or cereal, say or cereal, you would laugh (laughs) and leave the aisle. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something. I think that there is like a parent process in these two things. Um, that that heightens the feeling of absurdity in shopping for cereal. Hmm. Especially when, like, he probably remembers that that at some point he might have been concerned that somebody would be upset if he got the wrong one. Which is like the like the dumbest thing in the world. Totally. You know, like oh, the the puffed rice coated in sugar. I should have got the puffed rice coated in sugar. What the fuck are you talking about? Like <laughs> that is what. I mean, I'm a hundred percent positive it's what someone on psychedelics would think, and it seems like it's something that he would think. Um, and, I, and so I do think that there is like a shared parent process about things being very essentialized and 
very difficult to conceive if they're too disconnected from the concept of survival. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm. And I like the theory. It's cool. Mm. Um, Moving yeah. on to Avatar. Avatar. Okay. What about a, I just feel like I need like a, a wipe, a screen wipe. <sighs> okay. Avatar. This is the top grossing movie of 2009. It's a sci-fi movie. Um, set in the year 2154, when humans have depleted Earth's natural resources, um, leading us to land on a distant planet called Pandora, where the military, uh, they never say American, I don't think. In the oh, movie, I'm 100% positive that they are not, uh, They're not allowed to the say. military. Sure. They're like a they're, they're mercenaries hired by a major corporation. Mm -hmm. They're like if Elon yeah, no, I know. Musk they say they're hired, hired guns. Blackwater. They're all hired guns. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I say I don't know what a single word is that um because they're they also military. have like the government's approval and okay. Um well they are trying to mine a valuable mineral called unobtainium. Oh, get it? Yeah. Um the planet is populated by humanoid beings called the Navi. Um, and in order to try and communicate with them, a team of scientists has created avatars, um, which are bodies that are Navi bodies somehow, um, which are somehow operated by genetically matched humans whose consciousness somehow gets transported into the consciousness of the avatar. Um, Jake Sully, who is a paraplegic former Marine, joins... Somehow somehow joins the team it's true somehow we don't know what happened um he joins the team reluctantly <laughs> after his twin brother who was supposed to be the one on the team somehow died <laughs> don't know what? how that happened either, do we oh no we do know somebody oh, killed oh, him yeah. for uh he, they were in a, he was basically mugged right okay sorry about that sully's brother yes apologies yeah. um so sully ends up as his avatar he ends up befriending a navi female named natiri um, and her tribe ends up accepting him, deciding to teach him their ways. Somehow. He, somehow, truly. <laughs> he is also, though, a double agent um, because a colonel, a former colonel uh, in who's in this paramilitary force, has asked him to deliver intel directly to him so that they will be able to infiltrate the forest and extract the minerals much easier when it comes time. Um, and if Jake can't convince the Navi to move somewhere else than, than the Colonel and his forces plan to wipe them out. Um, Jake becomes a member of the tribe, falls in love with Natiri. Um, but the day finally comes when the forces show up to start digging. Uh, and the tribe learns of Jake's betrayal and they sort of kick him out, shun him. They're very betrayed. Um, but he gathers his team of the other scientists as well as a helicopter pilot to help him save help him help the navi save the navi um and in the end he proves his loyalty to them they beat back the forces reclaim their land force the earthlings off their planet jake stays behind and in the final scene we see his consciousness being forever transferred out of his human body somehow into his avatar so he can live among the navi as one of them actually believe it or not that is that the most explained the process <laughs> yes, awa thank you awa awa does it yeah um yeah Awa does it. Like, easy does it. That just crossed my mind. Oh, Awa does it. Awa does it. Awa sticker? Anyways. Yeah. Um, why don't you say some things now? Sure. <laughs> so, this movie made, uh, this movie was made for 
$237 million. It made $2.79 billion. This movie was the first film to ever gross over $2 billion and the first film. And I didn't understand this one at first. And then I was like, oh, wow. Like, I guess, I guess so. It is the first film. It might actually be the only film, but it was the first film to ever gross $700 million domestically. Because oh. like we, we talk so much about hmm. like, oh, this is a billion dollar, this made a billion dollars or whatever. But yeah, and it's, it's a lot of times upwards of like 60%, 75% of a, a film's gross comes from the rest of the world. Hmm. which would make sense because there's just there's so much more, more of it. Um, uh, right. But the, yeah. So, but it made $700 million, hmm. uh, in the U S this, um, and it also, uh, it's got four sequels lined up. Wow. Uh, filming has been completed for the 20, for, um, the first two sequels and they're set, they were set to be released in 2021 and 2023, but now they've been pushed back. It's going to be uh, 22, 24, 26, and 28. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Wowie, wowie. And all we, those we got like at the same time, it's like, yep, they will all happen because they just know they'll make so much money. That's pretty crazy, right? Right. Although I I just can't say anything because this is for the next section. Um but we got a number of famous people in this. This is uh you know James Cameron. This is his third appearance on our watch. Hello. Um we've already uh, you know, we got Sigourney Weaver. Um Stephen Lang, the the badass military badass pow 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 um he like he mm, hasn't been in too many films but he had already won a tony and been the co-artistic director of the actor's studio by the time he had done this film so i'd still say he's like an established industry person um michelle rodriguez (laughs) was already well into the fast and the furious franchise um, and then my initial research did not yield this man, but upon seeing the movie, I was like, excuse you, research. How do you leave Giovanni Ribisi out of this? The he is a lead. Um, he, well, he's supporting, but like strong supporting. Yeah, totally. Um, so we have. As far as like our breakthrough performances, Sam Worthington, the guy that plays Sully, Sully. Okay. Um, okay. No, okay. Excuse me. Keep going. Oh, look, I, we all watch True Blood. Okay. Like he basically he uh, did Terminator Salvation the same year, and then he tried to do a couple blockbusters but they were like the wrath of the titan movies so they just kind of were shit and he also oh my god no you're yawning while you're talking i know i'm boring myself 
the <laughs> he ended up in a two year legal battle because a paparazzi a paparazzo was uh you know harassing him and his wife allegedly kicked his wife and so he punched the paparazzo and of course we live in a world where hmm. paparazzo or paparazzi are just generally speaking going to win in court um so it ended up settling out of court oh. yeah um and then zoe saldana had been in a number of other things but this period 2009 to about 2000 and gerg 13 are are i thought that was like just my microphone touching something so, yeah um what an episode we got we got me yawning we got cars driving by you um just typing like a typing like a cartoon character um but yeah the 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 the, the, um this is gina if if you got to close a window you got to close a window what there's no window open well well those cars just keep driving by Uh, but the um but this is her year uh to get you know basically star trek over the next couple of years she does this star trek and guardians of the galaxy which take her in 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 between the star trek series guardians of the galaxy and like the mcu along with this she is the second highest grossing actress of all time so uh yeah i think the highest grossing is scarlett johansson oh yeah that makes sense yeah the biggest thing that this movie has like given to the world besides the there's a Disney channel, not a Disney channel, a Disney world um, Pandora theme park. Uh-huh. And then people basically just dress up as aliens. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, this is not like a quotable thing, but like the crazy the like technology of the CGI and stuff that was developed for this movie was definitely like new groundbreaking remember notable memorable maybe was it yeah super groundbreaking breaking like I'm just like but I feel like to me there's nothing crazier there's nothing I guess like the 3D aspect in the theater was big, but to me, there's nothing that amazing about it that we didn't get in the Lord of the Rings with Andy Serkis. Well, I mean, like the, I I don't know if there is, yeah, but like if they used the same technology, I'm not sure, but I mean the, like it was definitely like, um, lauded yeah there are all several innovative visual effects apparently i couldn't tell you which ones but um like yeah uh let's see oh a motion capture stage or volume six times larger than any previously used an improved method of capturing facial expressions for all those like you know highly detailed Mm -hmm. face movements and stuff um so yeah just you know it was certainly like 
I feel like, yes, in addition to the like technology that we don't really know what exactly how they did or what was new, like the experience of watching this movie was like the first time that like a 3D, a completely CGI world was like so realistic or whatever. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, the 3D, the 3D technology mm-hmm. that was, nuts. was what was like super right. groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't see it at the time, so I'll never really understand what I mean when I say that. I did, and all I remember, honestly, is the I, it was like the first time I ever got high, and I was on a weird date, and my parents were also on the, with us, and like they drove us, I guess. And, and this was a good experience. Well, I don't remember anything except that the 3D glasses like gave me a headache, uh, and I did not remember anything about the movie, so I couldn't tell you either. I guess, I guess. So yeah, that's my experience with this movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I had obviously I had heard people talk about it. I had heard um people reference its similarities to Fern Gully, which I famously lost my virginity to. And the and so at the time I was like, I know where my loyalties lie. I'm not gonna see Avatar. Um but yeah, yeah I, I I I didn't see the time. Didn't really mm-hmm. the things that I thought I knew about it. I guess I had mostly forgotten them because we haven't. This I feel like this movie hasn't really continued to be thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but also one of the best contributions that this film has made to culture is the SNL skit <laughs> where uh, Ryan Gosling is investigative journalist about uh basically how they thought they could get away with uh just using papyrus as the official font for the film oh yeah that's right like it is one so funny one of the best fucking snl skits that's great um i also did watch this movie like a year or two ago that's my other i did see it recently okay let's vote should we vote let's vote Okay. One, two, six, three. three. No. Wow. Oh my god. Whoa. What's your oh my god? Like this is this was this movie was so bad. This movie was like one of the worst. I, I think that this is probably um the most nonsensical film we've watched since Armageddon, and I'm not sure it's better. Damn, that is a harsh review. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. Uh, it's not as nonsensical as Armageddon. I uh, I guess I disagree it, a little bit. Mm, I don't think it's sensical, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm forgetting Armageddon a little bit. Maybe no, Armageddon was so much crazier. Like, anyways, but we're talking about this movie. But um, yeah. Like this one was okay. Anyways, I don't, I'm I'm babbling, but I mean the main yes. It, so in terms of like being a good movie, no. But because that's not what we're judging, like you know the big thing. But of course, that's also going to be really fun to pick apart. But like, you know, the way that this is. I mean, it's just a it's it's dances with wolves all over again. You know, dances with wolves with aliens. Um, you know. Oh, like, I actually I I. The joke that I made was that it's uh, aliens, the Rachel Dolezal story. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
totally crazy yeah it's like such a it's the dream of like white saviorism and like white and like exoticizing the other and like wanting to be you know like like appropriating like just how it's just nuts it's just nuts and it's interesting too because I was really, I was just trying to, I was reading a lot, trying to find like lots of opinions about it. And like some people, like there were some, um, there was at some point, James Cameron, like invited leaders of like, um, what did, how did he say this exactly? Cause I thought he was at all over the world. So it wasn't native American, just native American leaders, but like indigenous people from who are leaders of like indigenous tribes throughout the world, I guess, like gathering to like watch uh-huh. the movie together or something and then like talk about it and it wasn't and like some people who talked about it afterwards who were invited were like no i'm definitely still critical so it wasn't like they were all just being bought out i guess but but you know some people i saw some people say like an appreciation for the idea that like this movie was like opening an empathy to like a dialogue to the idea of like how industry like you know, colonization and like destroying land that, you know, like my stripping it for resources, blah, 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 like all the things that it's trying to, to do, but like, um, but just the fact that it's so feel good and all the white savior stuff and like on our planet right now, those things are happening, you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. but like, it's, it's sort of like imagining this fantasy um, as like a way to care about things that like, we're not, we don't care about right Right. here and now. Um, right. I mean, also what, what, what the thing that I probably like most about the movie is the thing that is probably the most, um, I don't know, neglected about it which is that this is effectively a um a cautionary tale that if we have to leave earth because of like planetary degradation we cannot allow leaving earth to mean that like we just we're that we're just sending corporations to do like slash and burn resource extraction the same but on on a scale that we haven't seen here um also i i do feel like this movie is very much a 2009 movie in that like they are on this planet whose air they cannot breathe and they're just simply walking around I know. with oxygen masks mm-hmm. like <laughs> we can't survive this planet mm. imagine how many microorganisms parasites like pathogens they would all be dying of. <laughs> and then they're going to send them back to Earth. Right. Imagine those communicable diseases mm-hmm. going to Earth. Right. I mean, 
talk about wiping them out. Yeah, I mean, seriously. we, yeah, it's like, true. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's insane. Like, I feel like that's just something that we like, can only do without, we could only have done it in a history where we're not in, the, we haven't lived through the fragility of our contemporary culture. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's so true. And yeah, you you reference it in your your I feel like this is a quick note. Um James Cameron created an entire language. Mm-hmm. And still chose to call the mineral that they're trying to <laughs> Uh, obtain unobtainium they're trying to obtain unobtainium and the the one of the bigger reasons that that's stupid is protons and electrons etc those are the elementary particles for everything in the universe Hmm. right our periodic table increases protons by one per element up Mm. into the 200s. And we know that at least on Earth, above 80-something, they become wildly unstable. We call it radioactive. So all of this is to say... There is no mystery element out there that we don't have a name for. Hmm. Really? There is a compound. There might be like, oh, there's a compound. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they call it an element. That... Mineral. Call it a mineral. Right. Like, there might be like a mineral, but that mineral is composed of elements. Mm-hmm. so like that is like it's uh and also you can say e, like if we put em on there though like em is the that's the it's just the the, the thing the, the suffix that we use for right. elements sure. but mm-hmm. like you know same thing with vibranium mm-hmm. um it's just like oh we can replace a bubinanium with unobtainium. I guess that's probably where he got the idea for this film. Like ab 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 ubanunium? unobtainium. Whoa. They can't get it. So it's unobtainable. Um yeah. Yeah, I'm also I I've decided that and this is this is me personally, but I'm fuck. I'm tired of this uncanny valley bullshit that the most intelligent beings on any given planet, like us, are always humanoids. Totally. I mean, because yeah, we wouldn't want to watch this movie if they were like big slimy right. green blobs. Yeah. Meanwhile, like with pathogens, mm-hmm. humanoids right. on this planet <laughs> are not necessarily the smartest things mm-hmm. when compared to humans. Yeah. They're not the most in proximity. A dolphin is probably closer in proximity than certain primates. 
regardless of whether or not one is more humanoid than the other. It just, it, it, it pisses me off. <laughs> and then also like, uh, the, what was the word that we were using? Somehow. 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 Like, what did, excuse did they give these people? So the Navi understand that these dreamwalkers are humans that put their brains inside of them, yeah. inside of other Navi. So like artificially created, but perfectly real, perfectly right. similar to them, Navi body. Mm -hmm. Right. So one, honey, the jig is up at that point. Like they, these people don't even have metal mm. and these guys have like bombs mm -hmm. and they can put their brains in other beings. Right. Like the, I think the, the, the assumed, the like, audacity of these noble savages yeah. not to try to like to just be fine with bows and arrows and no armor and things like that it's like mm -hmm. when custer went against the sioux the sioux had fucking guns mm -hmm. like native americans had fucking guns mm -hmm. when we were like that big why we had fucking guns. So like, they're not gonna, they understand the idea of not wanting to bring a knife to a <laughs> gunfight. Gun yeah. Like Jesus, mm -hmm. like, no, I know. It's I, so I, but, but like, what about the fact that like, it, they never show, they leave their bodies with the Navi. <laughs> And it's just like, hey, I'm going to drag me around for a little while. Just, would you mind? Yeah. Right. Imagine that like, oh, I'm just going to die. Right. <laughs> I'm going to actually die. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like also there was no reason for him in the end to have his consciousness put into the Navi. It makes no sense for him to go into the final battle having a vulnerability so big that he could just be unplugged. Yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't work for grace. So I feel like there was, because a she was dying. Well, yeah, because she was dying, but also, I mean, nobody's necessarily, we don't know if they've ever done this before, you know? So I feel like the chance that it might not work, he needed to like, make sure he was able to fight or whatever. I don't know. The, I, well, the biggest problem there is that regardless, we are left to assume why he might have, chosen to be so reckless hmm. like there's not a we don't have a definitive answer on that yeah I, I mean yeah i wasn't really didn't bother me that much but like the, the you know the the lead up to it the main thing of the whole thing is like why do you choose to like take him in and let him and want oh, to yeah. him? like which you know is what if that didn't happen there would be none of these other things but like it's so convoluted and skipped over it's just like Oh, he's a it's, warrior. We've never seen a warrior, one of them before. Let's study him by teaching him how to be us. That's not studying him. Like, it's just so such flimsy excuse to like yeah. let him. Yeah, join because, the tribe. 
I had gotten the sense. I thought they were going to go along the route of a prophecy. Mm, right. Totally. Because she was going to kill him. Right. And then, she and like, then, yeah. well, there's that. Well, not, not only does she look at him, that with the, one of the things like spores. Yeah. The seeds. Yeah. Stops her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, my thought is, Oh, the seed stops her because the seed understands that he is right. some it's sort separate. of like Toruk Makto or whatever. Chosen one, which is even then embarrassing of like, mm-hmm. you're gonna be right. saved by me, not mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. But like Although I don't know, I mean they're fucking sky people. <laughs> Jesus Christ, they're like if somebody was, if if we had a legend that said mm-hmm. an angel will come from the sky right. and lead us against the demons of hell, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might believe that this person who came from the fucking right. sky. The chances are might... he won't actually do that because you know when was the last time something kind of like that maybe happened? Was you know like when uh, now I'm forgetting who it actually was, Cortez. Columbus, whoever, you know, it was like... Right. I don't think they paid attention in school, the Navi. Mm. <laughs> when they were no, taught I, about I, I mean, because they were obviously taught about that, yeah. Right. Obviously taught about a different colonizing, yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. No, but the... Also, a fun fact, um, one of the things that people shit on about, about the Hurt Locker, about inaccuracy, is the fact that uh, Jeremy Renner would roll up his sleeves... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so the fact that they're, because it's like not official uniform. So then, like, the fact that the it's like all we see the whole fucking time are these people with rolled up sleeves. I was like, well, yeah. shit, the Hurt Locker gets a free pass if well, they I mean, get one dude. There, so maybe it doesn't True. matter. True. True. What the hell with the doctor? So Sigourney Weaver's character, every time she's in her avatar body, she's wearing belly shirts. And I don't get right. I don't understand why. Like she is the lead scientist in this project, obviously like a woman in charge, et cetera, et cetera. And like her non-avatar personality is not like that, you know? Um, right. And she's like always in belly shirts. And it's like, even with this like fake CGI alien body you have to objectify it because it's female it's just like so ridiculous right and and there's like the added thing of like the fact that sigourney weaver is older and it's like yeah but now you get to be younger and when you get to be younger you get to be sexy and now you get to be yeah and it's like what Mm -hmm. makes the i and then there's the additional irony which is always the 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 like the looney tunes animation route which is that female animated figures are often more sexualized by adding clothes Mm -hmm. totally there's no reason for her to be wearing a shirt right i mean like and they you know they all could just be i mean well, it could she, only I, get in the way. It could only get in the way yeah, of her ability to relate to tribal people. Sure. But they. But wearing... it, I feel like it's one of those like such a thing of like we equate like imagining even though it's not her body like our clothes like our nakedness is just not something that we are used to around other people and so like 
even in the, yeah, even just like being a sign, being, knowing that like, it's not your body, but like also it is kind of you would just like make it hard mm. to, to be naked in that situation. I don't know. Um, now also, another, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. Well, I was just adding to the pile. The So this movie, it's so interesting because like this, it's a pretty diverse cast um, in terms of like the number of actors and the number of actors with speaking roles. Um, if you're just looking at who are the actors, um, but like every single, every single black actor who has lines and most actors of color who have lines are CGI'd away, you know, which is like, I feel like there was something about that with, um, which is different a little bit, but for the Star Wars reboots where Lupita Nyong'o was like the mm-hmm. she was Ma, whatever her name is, Ma something, who was, you know, like a CGI alien um, and how like for that, in that case, like they're just like, you're taking the one female black character actor and like, you know, making her like a, a an alien who has no race, you know, essentially. Right. But like, so for this movie, it's just like, it, there's two things to me. Like one is like, okay, you are like I- erasing um, most bodies that are bodies are either like pretty much white or blue and therefore like not related to race kind of, because it's a separate thing. Um, and like then just the lumping together of like the fact that all the, all the Navi are like different people of color. Like there's something really weird about that. And I also like, I wouldn't want white uh, voice actors to do those roles, but I'm also like, well, but, but it's that thing where it's like, you're creating this imaginary, um, race who are very clearly like appropriate, like the imagination of it is like very clearly appropriating from various indigenous cultures here. So like to voice them, you're going to be like pretty much anyone who has dark skin should be doing them those roles. I don't know. It's just like, like I wouldn't want them to all There's the twofold problem. There's like a twofold problem there, right? Where like it's there is like it should be like if you're going to have a like these 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 aliens talking in a dialect that like depending on what you're basing that dialect on, you don't want white people doing it. Um, but there is this there is this reciprocal situation where when you have aliens that are random colors, Mm -hmm. they're always played by black people. Mm -hmm. And there's the, the assumption therefore is that one, there's there's no role for black people in the future Mm -hmm. because we'll have other colored uh, aliens Mm-hmm. And they will be black people to us. Mm-hmm. And then also th- that now black people are aliens to us. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if this idea of like, oh, uh, you know, in the fe- when I make this futuristic sci-fi movie about aliens, there's these blue people. Mm-hmm. Does everyone understand what I mean by blue people? Right. right. Then. It is an it is a it is a comment mm-hmm. on how we see black people. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. 
which is the only thing that I would say is like the danger of going too far into like only like only casting people of color because like there's just it's just kind of like a bizarre thing of like you know you often have a situation especially in sci-fi where humans are white mm-hmm. right and so it's like oh in the future right what white people won i guess right right like yeah um and then the the other thing about that is that the as far as dialect is concerned the they're being taught by Americans. Mm-hmm. So their dialect would be, would, it wouldn't be necessarily like anything we'd ever really heard before because mm-hmm. all the dialects that we do have are not, they, like Americans didn't sort of start them i don't know how to put it i don't know how to put it mm-hmm. but i uh, you know it's just like they would have a language and then as their a language approached the american accent it would sound a particular way but it wouldn't sound like an african accent and i don't think it would sound like an indigenous accent Did they model it after a particular accent do you know the navi the link the accent no but it wasn't far from not to, not not anything that i could see right and find um because yeah. yeah, it's also like you know, it's not just that all like the, that's I don't know, I know that there is a word for this, and I don't know what the word is right now, or maybe I just don't know the word of like lumping all uh, so many different people of color as like the same essentially, um, because like you know they weren't all it, it, there were also native actors, you know, and like uh, you know like Latinx actors like who were cast like I, I like. I'm pretty sure. Um, but like lumping essentially them all as like one, like because they are not white, they are one thing, you know, um, in, in right. like eyes of this movie, essentially. Yeah. I mean, the only word that I'm thinking of is like homogenizes, but like. Yeah, right. Something know. like that. Yeah. Um, now, the. There, there, there were just like a couple other problems I had. The other another big problem that I had with the movie is. And yes, we didn't know this in 2009 because we didn't have things like social media, mm-hmm. but now we do. Mm-hmm. And we know from social media that if a person takes a picture, take like takes a video of themselves and is watching themselves move and then simply flips the video so that left is right and right is left. Mm-hmm. There is a like those people have an intense reaction, like an intense negative reaction. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he wakes up and his brain is in another animal's body, it's blue. He's seven feet tall. He tail. hasn't been able to walk in years. He's got a tail. He's bumping and all kinds of stuff. The only suitable thing for him to do is vomit <laughs> is vomit yeah. have a panic attack and pass back out right and then later like wake up to try to like work his way into it it's like everything else is just yeah absolutely yeah this movie also like like superhero movies or something is not it's like operating in our world and when it's convenient you know and 
and very much like now we don't care about reality, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, oh yeah. I, she says she saved him because he has a strong heart. And then yeah. I was like, are you fucking That's kidding me? Right. Um, the other thing that like, I thought was wild. He was like, somehow he's trapped there at night and he takes a stick and he dips it in something that's randomly wet. Right. Or like sticky. Yeah. Somehow right. he just knows that it's flammable. That it's flammable yeah. and will catch fire. Like, are you lucky. serious? Right. Yeah. Like, well, of because believe it or not, I, if I just go out and dip a rag in a puddle, <laughs> right. odds are it's not going to light. Right. Um, <laughs> also, like, they 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 harp so much on like the telekinesis that that this that the that all creatures mm -hmm. of the of this planet are able to utilize mm. but they never utilize it <laughs> it just it, it it they never like she never simply goes let me show you and then they touch tips mm. and he's able to just she's just able to communicate it telepathically because they have joined a neuron mm -hmm. like it just doesn't make sense that this thing is this it's not just a superpower it's it's like language mm -hmm. if 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 there were times where i didn't need to tell you certain things because right. i could communicate it directly into your brain it would be so easier much easier right yeah and like well i you wonder don't... if that's what sex is is them touching braid to braid it seemed like it was similar to sex, yeah both. yeah it seemed like it was our sex yeah How um, yeah they kiss too it's like everything god right <laughs> like what the shit every it's all our shit mm -hmm. um and then the last the i guess the last thing that I'll say it's like we also know. Oh well, no, something that's egregious but doesn't need any sort of comments is he's dying because he can't breathe in the air, hmm. and she takes the respirator and she puts him on. He can't right. breathe, passes out. Right. She puts the respirator on, which causes him to wake up, not because he's getting oxygen, <laughs> but because he's not getting oxygen yeah. the yeah. way that he has to push the button still, <laughs> right, to open it up. And I'm like, bro. You were already passed out because of that reason. Mm -hmm. You ain't coming back to life because right, of that. Right, right. Uh, but but like they make he gives a whole speech about how they're like going to be able to win because they're going to have the ability to use guerrilla warfare tactics and things, and and they know the planet and they and they know everything better. So like they're going to be able to win that way. Mm -hmm. And then they just lead this World War I-style head-on assault against these fucking things that there's no way they would ever mm -hmm. beat. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, what the shit? Yeah. This is, like... It's just, it's not, like... The Vietnamese beat the U.S. It can be done, but the Vietnamese 
didn't line everybody up and say charge mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what the fuck yeah yeah like yeah it's ridiculous um i learned one thing though that not that it makes me want to keep the movie at all but i just want to shout out because this is i think a cool thing that james cameron did apparently because he you know was so like um supposedly or part of you know this movie to him a reflection of his climate consciousness it was meant to be um he only allowed there to be vegan food on set which is cool nice yeah i just thought that was I cool do. i'm into that yeah i like that thanks james yeah i like that james yeah but um but god yeah we gotta get rid of this movie yeah also yeah. let's let's not forget that the reason that uh they decide to bring all out rain down all out war and death upon the Navi mm -hmm. is because he jumped on the bulldozer and beat the shit out of the camera. Mm. Like, That's yeah, that, that was like the thing that like triggered it all and stuff. And mm. it's just like, okay, sure. Well, I mean, they were going to, since there wasn't right. any, there hadn't been any reasoning, quote unquote, reasoning, convincing them, you know, they were like, well, plan B, let's just go and kill them all, you know? Right. Well, but they were just, they, I don't think they were going to kill them all because I think they didn't think it was something that they figured needed to be done. Mm -hmm. Because like, kind of like bulldoze through. Yeah. Right. Like he said, when they were going to, when they were bulldozing and they're like, oh, we got two natives. Right, well, right. he'll move. Right, right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's right. And then it like went too far for, what is his name? The character, I don't know, Giovanni Ribisi. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Anyways. Oh, uh, and we also have no evidence. We're not really given nearly the evidence that we need to show why Michelle Rodriguez would care hmm. about attacking the Navi. I guess. I mean, she has been like help, like helping their project and like sees what they do from afar a bit and is like a human. I think it's just like meant to show like, why would you just kill these people? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's just, I think there was, they're just easy opportunities mm -hmm. that they could have taken that they did not take. And it was just like, Oh, they were just basically relying on us recognizing archetypes and recognizing like the role, like various roles in story structure, mm -hmm. not really doing anything in terms of like, um, actually feeling like they need to set it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally right. We don't know anything about her. Right. Why she would do that, except like she's, I guess, a decent human. We saw her once fly them to the camp, mm -hmm. the like remote site. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. We don't know like what else it's like to be her in this place and what she's, who else she's, yeah, if she's become disillusioned or whatever it might be. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. That is. Avatar, see you later. <laughs> see you Avatar, later. I was really surprised at how not good this movie was. <laughs> yeah, it's really pretty bad. 
And they, I feel like they're like, well, it's just such good CGI. We can get away with whatever, you know, yeah. which they did. $2.7 billion. They, they did with a plum. They sure did with a plum. The plum on top. Okay. Get my plum on top. <laughs> Um, all right, that's 2009, which means we've finished the 2000. The aughts are done, though. Right, done-zo. we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap them wrap up. up the old slap up next time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know, just you know, it's gonna be the wicked wicked wild wild west out here. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah, wrap up. So trivia, or maybe for the first time, I'll I'll win. Right. Who it's knows? It's gonna be. Vote on the Maybe this time I'll win. Yeah. Um, and we'll check in on what's to come and how we did with our predictions. I bet that yeah. I did not do well. Man, it's been so long since... Oh my God, since we made them? We've Oof. made them. Yeah, we made them... That's what I said, yeah. Seven months ago? Oh, wow. Maybe. Babe, we, we did it before... We did it... No, we did the oh, no. during the pandemic. No, 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 but don't you recall we had like six weeks of bonus for the 90s. Oh, so we had Which means the decade wrap was like seven Mm. weeks before Mm. we finished. And we finished before you went to New Mexico. Mm -hmm. We did. Crazy. Okay, everybody cares about this. So we'll keep Everybody does care about this. (laughs) Um, Thanks for listening. We're a Rap Productions podcast. Steven, you do the end stuff because I don't know. Follow them at Rock Rising Inc. at uh, on Instagram. Follow them on Twitter. Um, uh, the Looking for Artist podcast host Michael Johnson has released an album, Jungle Savior. Check it out; it is excellent. And then, yeah, I'm Save the Penguins on TikTok and Stephen Moskis on Twitter. Gina with a G, Gina underscore with a G on Instagram. And nowhere else. And uh, nowhere else. She doesn't feel superior about that. It's nope. just something that's true. It's just not me. It's true. I don't feel superior. Um, all right. I, I'll take that with a sweet, sweet cuckoo. Um, how'd you get so tough? Future humans, only white. So much cereal. Mm. Makes beautiful sense. Wow. Somehow. Somehow. It does. It does. Goodbye. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.